Phony Babu realized shortly before reaching his bus stop that the entire area was plunged in darkness. Another power cut, more load shedding. By the time he had left his office this evening, having worked overtime, it was already a quarter past eight. It had taken him about 35 minutes to get to this area from Dalhousie Square. There was no way of telling how long the power cut had started, but he knew it normally took about four hours for the supply to be restored. Phony Babu got off the bus and made his way to the lane where he lived. Not a glimmer of light anywhere. Ironically, things appear to have improved lately. Why? Wasn't it only yesterday that he had told his servant Nabeen not to buy any more candles? That meant there were no candles in the house. It was sometimes possible to move about in his room on the second floor, aided by the street light. But even the street lights were out today. Phony Babu did not smoke and so did not bother to keep a matchbox in his pocket. Had been toying with the idea of buying a torch for some time, but had not got around to do such a thing. A three-minute walk down the lane took him to the house where he lived, number 17 by 2. Carefully stepping over the three pups that lay near the front door, Phony Babu went through. He and Naveen had moved into this block of apartments only a month ago. Each floor of the house had two flats. Phony Babu noticed while moving towards the staircase that the flicker of yellow light of a candle was falling across the veranda from the window of one of the ground floor flats where Gan Doctor lived. The other flat was in total darkness. No one seemed to be around. It was only two days before the pujas. Perhaps the occupant Ramnath Babu had already left for Madhupur or was it Kharchila to spend his holidays. Nabil yelled Phony Babu as he reached the bottom of the stairs. There was no reply. Clearly, Nabil was not at home. He often left the home as soon as the power cut began. Phony Babu began climbing the stairs without waiting for Nabil. It was possible to see the first few steps in the candlelight, but beyond that it was pitch dark. Not that it bothered him. He knew there were exactly 72 steps to be climbed. He had counted them one day for just such an eventuality. It was strange how easy it was to go up a flight of stairs if the lights were on. In the darkness, Pony Babu shivered as his hands fell on something soft, something very different from the wooden banister. Then he forced himself to put his hand back on the railing and realized it was only a towel left by someone. The first floor, too, was completely dark, which means that both flats were empty. In one of them lived Bijan Babu with his wife and two boys. The younger one was very naughty and a remarkable chatterbox. The other flat was occupied by Mahadev Mondol, who owned a shoe shop in College Street. He might have gone to play cards with his friends, and Bijan Babu must have taken his family on a Hindi film, as he occasionally did. Phony Babu continued up the stairs. As he turned right after the 60th step, his foot suddenly knocked against what must have been a metal container. 
the racket it made caused him to halt in his tracks and wait until his heartbeat returned to normal. The remaining 12 steps had to be negotiated with extreme caution. Now he turned left. An empty cage hung where the stairs ended. It had once contained a bird. Phony Babu had often asked his next-door neighbour, Naresh Biswas, to have the cage removed. There seemed to be a little point in hanging the cage when the bird had already died. But Mr. Biswas had not paid the slightest attention to him. Phony Babu bent his body like a hunchback in order to avoid banging into the cage and groped his way to the door of his own flat. As his fingers fell on the door, he stopped and took the keys out of his pocket. There were two sets of keys. He kept one and Naveen had the other. It was easy enough to reach for the padlock, but to Phony Babu's surprise, he discovered there was no padlock at all. This was distinctly peculiar, since he could remember quite clearly having locked the house as usual, placing the key in his pocket. Was Naveen responsible for this? Could he have bolted the door from inside and gone to sleep? Phony Babu tried knocking on the door and then stood foolishly as it opened at a touch. Naveen? Still no answer. Surely he was not sleeping in the dark? Phony Babu crossed the threshold and entered his living room. Naveen must have moved the furniture around, as was his habit. Phony Babu did have to tell him off a number of times for moving his slippers from under the table where he liked to keep them and putting them elsewhere. Still puzzled, Phony Babu placed his old and worn-out umbrella on the floor, carefully balancing it against the wall. Then he took the wallet out of his pocket and began walking towards the invisible table. Pieces of broken glass crunched beneath his feet. Now all he had to do was to find the corner of the table, and then finding the drawer would not be difficult. But he could not find the table. He took another step forward. It was still impossibly dark. Perhaps if he opened the window that faced the street, it might help. This time, his hand struck against something solid. Furniture of some kind. Yes, it was wooden, uh, but no, it was not a table. Was it a cupboard? Yes. Here was a handle, a long vertical one, made of cut glass. Many old cupboards had handles like that. Phony Babu did have an old cupboard. But what was its handle made of? He failed to remember it. But this cupboard wasn't locked. He released the handle. The cupboard gently swung open. It just didn't make any sense. He never left his cupboard unlocked. God knew he possessed no valuables, but his cupboard did contain all his clothes, some old documents and whatever little cash he had. Had he forgotten to lock the cupboard this morning? But where was the table? Could it be? Yes, that must be it. Phony Babu suddenly hit upon an explanation. The day before had been a Sunday. It had rained heavily in the afternoon and a small portion of the ceiling had started to leak. Water had dripped on his table, which is why Nabeen had spread a few newspapers on it. The building was quite old. He would have to tell the landlord to have the roof repaired. Judging by the puddles he had found on the way, it had rained again during the day. If Nabeen had moved the table near the windows, 
and shifted the rack to the opposite wall, one must say he acted with considerable thoughtfulness. Phony Babu returned the wallet to his pocket and moved towards the window. Again he collided with an object. Phony Babu gave up. There was no point in trying to find his way in the dark. He might as well sit in a chair and wait until the lights came back. He sat down. The chairs had arms and the seat was made of cane. Wasn't the chair in his room an armless one? No, he must be mistaken. He realized today how little one noticed or remembered the details of one's own furniture. He sat facing the door and could see a small square piece of the sky just over the terrace on the other side. It was reflecting faintly the light from the neighboring areas as yet unaffected by the power cut. There were no stars in the sky as it was still cloudy but at least it would give him something to look at. Something was ticking in his room. An alarm clock? There was definitely no alarm clock in his room. So how come... But before he could think any further, an ear-splitting noise made him nearly fall off his chair. A telephone. Just behind his head was a table, and on it a telephone was ringing intensely. It pierced to the silent darkness and stopped finally after a whole minute of complete cacophony. Phony Babu did not have a telephone. One thing had now become clear to him. This was not his room at all. He had walked into someone else's room. And with this realization, everything fell into place. 17 by 2 and 17 by 3 were two similar blocks of apartments. Both had three stories and both were owned by the same man. Phony Babu had never been inside 17 by 3, but obviously its design and plan was identical to that of the, his house. He was now sitting in a room in one of the two flats on the second floor of 17 by 3. There was no electricity, the front door was open and covered and locked. What could it mean? But whatever the implication of the things Babu was not going to let that worry him. He realized his mistake and must leave at once. He started to rise when another sound made him fall back on the chair that came quite close to where he was sitting. It sounded like a box or a tin suitcase perhaps being dragged across the floor. Phony Babu's throat began to feel dry and his heart was thudding. A thief! There was possibly a bed right next to the chair and under it, a thief. In his haste to get out, he had clearly banged into a tin suitcase kept under the bed. It was now quite easy enough to guess why the door and the cupboard were open. If the thief was armed, Phony Babu might be in some difficulties. His only weapon, his umbrella, was now lying beyond his reach. And in any case, it was an old umbrella and if he hit the thief with it, the umbrella was most likely to sustain more injuries. But the thief was now quiet, possibly as a result that he unwittingly revealed his presence. Now he tried his best to keep it hidden. Phony Babu felt like kicking himself. What a stupid mistake he had made and what an impossible situation to be in. 
a petty thief was quite unlikely to carry a revolver, but could well have a knife. But of course, not all thieves were armed. If it was a question of unarmed combat, Phony Babu was not afraid, for he had once been a sportsman. But the biggest problem was this power cut. Even the strongest might feel helpless in such darkness. But what on the earth was he to do? Should he simply get up and walk away? But what if the lights came back at the same moment when he tried to get out and the real owner of the house also emerged from the other side of the door? <sighs> that would not seem to put Phony Babu in a very nice situation. Phony Babu's thoughts came to an abrupt halt. There were footsteps coming up the stairs. Slow, measured steps. Almost unconsciously, Phony Babu began counting. When the other man reached 49 step, Phony Babu began to feel convinced that it was indeed the owner of this flat who was coming up the stairs. And in a flash, he remembered something else. He knew the owner. Why hadn't you thought of it before? He had once shared the same taxi with him right up to Dalhousie Square. The man had introduced himself as Adina Chandnal. He was about 50 years of age, had a stern demeanor, a fair complexion. He was clad in a fine cotton kurta, greenish eyes below thick bushy eyebrows. 62, 63, 64. The footsteps were getting louder. There were fresh noises inside the room. Someone had stepped on the glass pieces that lay on the floor. Ouch! Perhaps a piece of broken glass had cut into the thief's foot. Serve him right. A faint patch of light, visible in the sky, was covered for an instant and then it reappeared. The thief had turned to the right. He had no choice but to jump out of the window and go down the drain. The footsteps were now outside, on the balcony. Phony Babu rose and walked towards the door, taking great care not to step on the shrouds of glass. Then he picked up his umbrella and went into the living room. The footsteps just outside the front door had stopped. Then, after a few moments of silence, came an explosion. What? Why is the door? The unmistakable voice of Adinath Shannal. He had talked quite a lot in the taxi. There were other things about him Phony Babu could now recollect. His next-door neighbour, Naresh Biswas, had once told him Adinath Shannal had pots of money stacked away somewhere. He owned three houses in Calcutta. All were rented out and he himself lived in these two rooms. The way he earned his living was reportedly not a straightforward one. The drawers of his house were said to contain shelves of black money. Mr. Shannal had now gone into the bedroom, breathing heavily and walking over all the broken glass in hope to catch the thief red-handed. Phony Babu had nothing to fear now. He slipped out of the front door that was still open and silently went down 72 steps that he had climbed only a few minutes ago. Then he made his way to number 17 by 2 as he climbed up the steps of his own house and came to the spot where the empty cage hung, lights came back. Much relieved, Phony Babu looked down and found himself clutching a brand new fashionable Japanese umbrella.